And welcome to another episode of Dose and a Half Cinco's. This is episode number 49. Uh, this week we'll be covering Terminator 2 and Street Sharks Season 3, Episode 13. As always, I'm your host, David. I'm Stuart. And I'm Ben. Oh, cool. oh finally, Ben's natural voice actually finally came out. That's fantastic. That's not the only thing that came out for Ben. <laughs> oh. So, um... So this week, we will be covering Terminator 2. Did you guys have a chance to watch the original before this one? No, but I think I've seen it enough times to yeah. have it committed to memory. Same. How about for Terminator 2? Did you guys feel like you had enough? Yeah, but I watched it again anyways. Yeah, nice. why not? It's a great Moist. movie. I actually oh. watched the uh, the super extended version. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll talk about that in the movie review this week. Um, but outside of those two, did you guys see anything else? We'll start with Ben. Well, I mean, it's been, what, two days since we last recorded. So uh, I yeah, did so- happen to, uh, what was it? <laughs> I listened to an album. That was about it. Uh, oh, Joe Joe's so going to be so curious. What what album do you listen to? No, 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 no. no. Wait till the very end. Don't say anything. Oh. Okay. okay. So tune in at the very end, Joe. I don't want you to be Wait, able to. You can just scrub forward to the end. <laughs> I mean, Joe probably already knows what album I listened to because he asked about it during On the stream. stream. I know. Okay, fine. What was it? Okay. Say, talk about half of it now and then half of it later. Make him have to scrub through the whole thing. <laughs> just drop. Just, just throughout the podcast, just drop one or two thoughts about it. Let's that way just say. That, you know. So my favorite part of the album was, and then, <laughs> so the last two songs, uh, so what, what's the album did, are we talking about, Ben? Uh, it's Logic La- Logic's last album, uh, No Pressure. So that came yep. out this past Friday, or well, Thursday night. And did he stream it on Twitch? He did. He, uh, he streamed the whole, whole listen party on Twitch. He cried at the end. It was pretty great. Is there a reason why this is his last album? Or like, is anybody logic? If you're listening to this, if they're forcing you to make no more albums after this, blink twice. Come on, Bobby, come back, Bobby. Uh... Like, I, I mean, I don't know anything about this one. I, I'm assuming Stu doesn't know either. I did not. Well, okay, Ben, what, like, what's going on? According to him, you know, he's just not getting enjoyment out of what he's doing anymore. It's a you know, also mix in with the fact that he's a dad now and he wants to be there for his son. So he wants to, to yeah, to, just kind of take this time to end his touring and his rap career and focus but, on Twitch. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was like, he <laughs> traded in writing music where there's literally no nine to five, right? Like he can write mm-hmm. it in the middle of the night, he can write it whenever, to now a job that has a required schedule. And then you can't like kind of like mail it in because you can't just be on stream and then not do anything. Well, right? I mean, well, that's what some well, people seem to do. Yeah, I mean, he, he would hey, have to go and tour. <laughs> wow. Hey, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I may be bad at the game, but it doesn't mean I'm not doing anything. Well, uh, I forgot uh, to give you your congratulations for beating whatever the first campaign or something. Woo, the first third of. The Red first alert. third. It only took yeah. you like four streams. Here's your participation medal. <laughs> Thank you. Three, I, four I other streams. I, yeah, I will put this on the shelf with the others. Well, I was originally just going to call it a day, and then I was like, All right, you know what? Let's just finish this. I, I need to finish something because you guys kept flaming me the entire time. But all right. So, um, Ben, will you be tuning into Logic's um, Twitch streams? Possibly, yeah. I do enjoy what he has to say. You know, he's pretty entertaining. Uh, you know, and yeah, you know, someone who does like Logic, I do like all, all the little things that he puts into his albums. You know, he he's definitely someone who exhibits a lot of the same interests that we all do. You know, like okay. video games, music, uh, movies, and he. What I really liked about his this album going into it was in the opening song, uh, he got David Hayter to actually you know, do a snake voice at the nice. beginning. Yeah. What? Yeah, he said, hey, Logic, this is a solid snake. It's just like, <laughs> oh, fuck, you know? And he's like, you're trying to build a new Metal Gear. It's just like, oh, fuck, you know? So it, it's pretty cool, you know, seeing things like that. Uh, 
you know, not my favorite album, but definitely, you know, still very enjoyable. And I'll miss you, Bobby. He'll be back. You better be. All right, don't worry. We're going to give him a run for his money on Twitch, right, guys? Right? Everyone just flame him on Twitch. (laughs) Make it so toxic. We'll get buried in all of his, uh, all the chats or whatever, but okay. He'll be back. That that just seems like a silly thing for him to say he's going to quit forever. Uh, He's about our age. You know, he's uh, 30. Oh, yeah, he'll be definitely back. Yeah. He'll he'll run out of money eventually. Or if, like, he turns out he'd, like, I don't actually like my kid that much. And then uh, <laughs> <laughs> going back into the studio. Yeah. I'm going to rap about album. my kid the same way Eminem did about Haley. He's going to yeah. rap about Except he's son. just going to be dunking on his son or whoever. <laughs> <laughs> no, this this whole album was talking about how he's going to be a good father. His next album is going to be like, yeah, <laughs> fuck my son. <laughs> and Be the Dad sucks. <laughs> I wrote this album for, what's his kid's name? Do you know? I don't, I don't know. All right, whatever. All right, we'll move on. Stu, what about you? See anything else in the two days that we had between court recordings? I haven't seen anything. What I did do is finish something, which was last what? part two. Oh, wow. Yeah, so apparently right. when we talked Every- last, uh, I was yeah. not that far away from the ending, but it felt like I was like just mm. starting. Like I felt like I was just starting like the second half of the game, but it turned out to be closer to the end. <laughs> Oh. So I think, yeah, the last time we spoke, you're like, have you ever felt like there's a game where it's like you feel like the ending should have happened and it didn't actually happen and it kept going? Right. And then, okay. Yeah. Uh, so I guess for those people who don't want this game spoiled or anything like that, put your earmuffs on and kind of just fast forward for about, well, I don't know, 10 minutes. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go heavy on, I'm not going to do, try not to do spoilers here, but I will uh, kind of. I don't know if Boben didn't finish it, right? I don't know if he's playing on Finn. I didn't, but I have heard what happens at the the ultimate, you know, summation of the story at the end, you know. So I've heard that, and I've heard the complaints about it. Right. Okay. So, uh, yeah, the ending's dog shit. Okay. Um, (laughs) There it is. There it is. Yep. Um, Everyone who's criticizing it is justified, in uh, Mm -hmm. at least that's my opinion. What? Without spoiling it, what is the chief complaint? I would say it's not satisfying, I guess. But I guess at the same time, that might be what they were going for. Because in the same vein that like, oh, yeah, Game of Thrones. You like this character? Boom, he's dead or they're dead. It's like, boom. boom. And like, uh, it's like they Bam. use that as like a, as, I don't know. They use that as like the thing that happens to like, yeah, even though you feel shitty, at least you felt something type type of thing. Um <laughs> Which I, you know, I was like, okay, that's that's kind of getting old now to like do that kind of shit just for, just because. Kicks and giggles. Like that's the thing to do now, I guess. But um, I didn't like the ending. I know a lot of people um, didn't like the ending. And actually, as I was reading more about the game, because I like, I wasn't really paying much attention to all the stuff leading up to the game. But as I was reading more about it, and I was like, "Holy shit! This all all this shit went down. I didn't. I wasn't even aware." Yeah. But um, having learned all that and and seeing what potentially might have or should have been how the game went, um, that really impacted how I feel about what they did with the game, and uh, definitely uh, impacted how I would rate it. Before uh. I found out anything about how all the stuff like going into the game, I was I probably would have given it like a like a seven out of 10, mm-hmm. but having read all the stuff and seeing all the, the shystiness between uh, that naughty dog and Sony did leading up to the game or, you know, during its development, I would, I would have to say, well, this is now like a three out of 10. Ooh, shit, man. So, so the, so the controversy surrounding it and just like kind of the, the way that it was brought up or the way that it was, like how it was packaged, that's right. what's really souring you on it. I would say, yeah, I would say that. Um, I and this isn't a spoiler. I think this is, you know, this kind of if you're a, a, around uh, Last of Us Part Two, you're kind of you should probably be aware. Unlike I was, where uh, the whole like their eat their their trailer or their teaser, whenever it was, two years ago, whenever they released it, um, everything up leading up to the game, and kind of like kind of indicated that um, the original two characters, uh, particularly Joel from the first game, was going to be heavily involved in the game. 
And really? he's not. So, because, um, yeah, because a lot of the teaser trailers, they show Joel in, in places where, like, in the, actually the final product, they mm. replaced him with, like, the Asian guy. And then they hey. also, like, changed his model to make him look uh, different. So, like, oh, from okay. what they showed in the teaser. Okay. Um, so... Okay, so I okay, oh man, I I want to talk about this more, but I you know like without going into spoilers. Um, shit, can we go into spoilers for this or no? Yeah, we can. I yeah, mean, whatever. It seems like, huh? Okay, well, uh, so I I was reading that, yeah, uh, what you were saying is true that there were scenes where Joel's character was inserted in there, but then it was later removed and replaced with uh, I, I can't remember his name, but the Asian guy, right? Yeah, Asian and, guy. or yeah, with with other characters, or they made his model different, where it was a lot younger or something, you know, less ravaged looking. And I heard that that was similar to what they do in like movies, you know, to kind of sell it, where they um, like uh, most, I guess most memorably or most popular wise is like something like Avengers, where they don't want to spoil anything. So like they'll show scenes where they digitally remove some characters or they won't oh, insert okay. some some things like Iron Man in his armor or something, you know, so that's what I've read, but I, I don't know how true that is, right. you know? So uh, it, it could be very well that, you know, Joel was supposed to be more right. heavily involved in the story. I will say, though, that the first trailer ever given for this game definitely involved Abby. I remember seeing it. And I'm like, who the fuck is this? And then at the end, they show that a split frame of a clicker. And then that was the thing that gave away that is The Last of Us related. I thought the uh, first teaser or at least maybe one of the teasers was... Um, uh, Ellie playing guitar and Joel walks up and he's like watching her. No, no, that, that was definitely the second The first ever teaser trailer for uh, it was this like, I, I think it was like seven minutes long where it was like Abby getting the shit beat out of her by, yeah. uh, I don't remember the religious order in the game right now. Right. The Seraphites. Yeah. Or no, or was it the Seraphites that saved her? I can't remember. It was something like that. And then uh, at the end, Abby's like, all right, run. And then like, you know, she's like cocking her gun ready for something to come out of the shadows and out of the shadows pops out a clicker and you see it for like a second. And it's just like, oh, fuck. And that was the thing that gave it away that this is the last of us part. two. Yeah. So that was definitely, you know, Abby was planned from the beginning. I just don't know to what capacity she was. So I could definitely see a frustration with that. And I do want to ask like, um, you were saying that you weren't sure like how much longer this game was going to go on. What right. point was that? Um, so, well, why don't you tell me where you're at, where you, where you left off? It was literally the point at which Abby went into the theater and killed Asian man. <laughs> As when you're controlling Abby or when you were uh, controlling Ellie? Ellie. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, you're, you're still, that you're like, you're like almost halfway. You're about halfway. Fuck. <laughs> okay, that okay, that was honestly <laughs> I hate to say it, but it was kind of detracting or it was kind of discouraging for me to get to that point and then you start playing as Abby. Mm-hmm. Like I can see the kind of effect they want to go through, right? They want to put you in the other perspective of the other right. person, right? But at the same time, you've had a whole game and plus this half game to go through Ellie's perspective and you have nothing but frustration and like just hate towards this person. Right. So there isn't much that's compelling me to like pick up right. Abby's story. Yeah. There's... But at the same time, the whole like thesis of this game is to like, you know, I've, I've heard what happens at the end, you know, if she ultimately just says, you know, I forgive you. Right. That That's what it was. Right. Pretty much. Like, yeah. Yeah, so I, I could see the whole I, idea that they're going for, but you know, forcing yourself to do that—it's—it's it's a whole nother ordeal, right? I mean, to get to that point might be something, but just to force yourself to get through another half of the game right. in the killer shoes—it's just like right. I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah, uh, it definitely—that was probably one of the biggest. Um, dings to my rating of this game because I, okay. I i get it i knew they're trying to show you the other perspective and blah 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 um mm-hmm. 
but guess what? I don't give a fuck about her perspective because, <laughs> uh, you know, what she does in the beginning of the game. So, um, which, you know, yeah. I don't know. David, are you ever going to play these games? I will. I'll get around to it. Do you care, though, but, about what we're saying? No, I don't. Okay, no, so okay. for anyone listening, this is, I mean, this is the mega spoiler of the game. Um, but yeah, in the first two hours of the game, and the game's about 25 hours, um, the first two hours of the game, Abby, the this character we're talking about, kills Joel. What? Uh, no, Damn. she takes him out to go golfing. Oh, yeah, she takes <laughs> David, him. David, you would love this game. There's Wait, does she really? <laughs> no, <laughs> shut up. No, does she really? Yeah, yeah she, Tiger Woods. Yeah, Tiger Woods. PGA. Yeah, PGA. That's crap. How can you do that? <laughs> I, you said you were okay with the spoiler, so I was No, like, I, I'm okay with it, but how could they... Because they're because I don't know they wanted to really push this other perspective of you know thing but you know what this, I don't this think is why they did it very well no they didn't and I think this is why I go back to the uh, the teasers leading up to the game where it was it was um, from what I saw the it actually made it seem like how the story was supposed to go was um, you know pretty much the same except uh, instead of Joel it's Dina, who gets killed by uh, these the wolves or whatever. Oh, really? Hmm. And and Joel go, goes to help Ellie exact revenge on them, hmm. which to okay. me sounds way better than what we got. Um, so that's that's kind of you know this why I'm very disappointed in this game. Um, and like, the other thing, I, I could I, I could see like you know with. With Dina, it's kind of like a risk where it's a brand new character. You might not be attached to her, so you might not get the motivation that you need to go through Ellie's story with all these, you know, well, resent this resentment towards Abby. But you know, if it's someone like Joel, you know, that's like a whole another thing where it's like, oh fuck, oh hell no, you didn't, you know. Right. And it definitely did take a toll on me in that one scene where you go um, interrogate that one girl. And she said, yeah, Joel died like a bitch. And it's just like, oh, fuck, you did not. And it just, right. That was very and I'm really dis- that's I was disappointed they didn't actually show like her skull getting caved in from that. But um, <laughs> but I would have, uh, you know, it's funny because Ellie was like, no, I was there. He wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? Uh, he went out like a champ. Yeah, he's he just like, just, like a champ. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, just do whatever you're going to do. It's just like, oh, no, Joel, no. But. Um, so this will be the last point I'll touch on, but there are several more, you know, this could be like, you know, a whole episode, but, uh, one part that I forgot about from the first game, mm-hmm. which when I saw, like, I watched a couple videos on it when I saw yeah. that and then compare it to what happens in those first two hours of the game where Joel gets caught, captured and eventually killed. Yeah. Uh, does not make any sense at all based on, uh, what we know about Joel um encountering a stranger in the wild would he would not just uh openly oh, okay. share that information you know say he wouldn't openly share his name mm-hmm. he wouldn't he'd be very weary of you know any stranger he encountered even if no doesn't matter if he just rescued him because that's how he was in the first game right right so i okay so i've heard that complaint about the game and i want to play devil's advocate for a moment mm-hmm. and just say that there has been a few years since the events of Last of Us Part One took place, and they have settled down into a city, you know, and it's mm-hmm. very peaceful, you know. It's like almost like normal life has resumed. And I would say that I want to give him the the story the benefit of the doubt to say that Joel has kind of fallen into that, where you know he has fallen into like just a rut, or not a rut, but you know, like norm- he's, normal. He's become he's become complacent. Complacent, yeah, and it's just like, oh, hey, these are people, you know, we right. shouldn't them we have this large community there's nothing to fear because you know these people you know if we don't know them and they're just a small group of people they must need help or something right right? yeah they're not there for help yeah and i've i've heard that counterpoint in which my counter counterpoint would be uh well i don't know if you get you're not you didn't get to this part in the game yet um okay yeah but uh later on it's Mm -hmm. um actually he might it might have been the beginning but they touch on it again later on but he is basic. There's cutscenes where he's basically like uh, it's indicated or explicitly said that he's been like really on top of I forget the Asian guy's name, 
um, about going on patrols with Ellie. So he still yeah. has his, his very hyper, he's very hyper protective of her. So I don't know maybe if that's, you know, it's, it's a valid point. I just don't know if I buy it mm-hmm. uh, completely. Okay. It's definitely okay. a valid point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was done just so they could ramrod this, this shit show of a, a you know, story down our throats. Um, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I want to say like the mm-hmm. last point for me is that I think this whole story, the whole narrative would probably be better as a movie, you know, that way you sit through it and you experience everything without having to force yourself to be in the killer's shoes right. and do what she does. You know, yeah, nobody wants that. It's, it's very hard. I, I found myself in a very difficult spot where I'm like, do I really have to do this? Right. You know? Like I don't, I, I, I can just put it on the controller and that's it. Right. You know, yeah, you, don't, you can't make me not yeah. a dog. Um, <laughs> All right. Where's our, where's uncharted? <laughs> right. Actually, oh man. I, and actually I read, I, and I, I don't want to go on too much longer on this, but, Actually, another thing I read about the whole, just about Naughty Dog in general, was that mm. pretty much all the the people at Naughty Dog who were involved in previous their previous uh, franchises, who kind of like, were responsible for like making them great, like made, yeah. making making them what they were or and are, yeah. they all they're all gone. They were all gone be- like before this before Last of Us Two started, or at least around the t- when around the time it started. Yeah. So it was just the one guy who basically had no one there to challenge any of his, you know, direction or ideas or like, maybe that's not such a great idea. And so I think that's basically how we got last of us Two. is that everyone else who was involved in the other games that everyone loves, you know, they're all great, um, are gone. Damn. So I would say it's a very ambitious project, but it was just very, very, very flawed. I would say for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do you um, think it was probably one of those things where because the first one was so good? It's definitely that... a yeah, it's definitely a challenge to try to follow it because yeah, the first one is probably top tier um as far as games like at least as far as like uh story driven games go. Mm-hmm. Um like I went back and watched the first fifteen minutes of the first of the first Last of Us, Ooh. and just just because I just so I can wash the taste out of Last of Us two out of my mouth, and <laughs> Jesus Christ, it hit me just as hard as the first time I watched or played that game. Where uh, if you've never, David, if you've never played the first one, oh no, I played the first one for sure. Oh, you oh, did? Okay, I played the first one. Yeah, that was those that first fifteen minutes is just like. The reason this I kind of draw like, like bang bang bang. It's like oh dude, it hits you really hard. Yeah, yeah, I kind of I like so this is what I'll say. That the first fifteen minutes of Last of Us Part One hit me so hard, like the as far as like emotionally that, and then Last of Us Two had nothing even remotely close to that. Even I mean even with Joel dying because I kind of suspected it was going to happen. Yeah. So I was kind of anticipating it mm-hmm. um, at, at a certain point in the game, which was like. I just kind of slowly became more disgruntled with it. And then eventually it happened. So, and at that point I was just more annoyed with like naughty dog for doing that rather than like actually have like a visceral reaction to it. So. Well, now you can play Ghost of Sushi. Yeah, I am. I just started it last night. Hey, that's cool. All right. I I gotta get started on it. Ghost of Sashimi. Okay. So, all right, we'll uh, we'll bounce out of the uh, spoiler zone now. At this point, for for that one, for anybody who uh, want to come back, I think we'll have to make a note at the twenty five minute mark to come that people can come back nah. um, if they don't want that game spoiled. If not, then uh, whatever. So, all right, we'll just go to our straight to our box office. Oh no. Uh, our Street Sharks shark episode. Dive. I forgot. We almost had the shark dive. Yeah. This Speed one is, yeah, episode 13, Shark Wars. Uh, essentially what happens is Dr. Paradigm cut from the future comes back to help current Dr. Paradigm, and then he has his airborne virus, and he wants to poison oh God, everything for... I know. For a second... <laughs> For, for a good while, it looks like they're going to succeed because they have captured Jab. 
uh, one of the street sharks, and you know it takes everything in his power to stop himself from poisoning his fr- his his best his best friends and his brother. Oh, and we also get a sighting from of their dad, but it's a very pixelated version of that. Yeah, and, thinking from the future, also mm-hmm, something like that. So Asian they find an antidote. Yeah, of course they find an antidote. They save the day. There's a pretty good montage uh, towards the end of it, and uh, they get to celebrate a brand new year. Yeah. So happy new year to everybody. Uh, yeah. Thoughts on this episode, guys? Do you think we're gonna have? I think it's. I think it's gonna be standard now. Uh, that montage. every episode every episode is gonna have a montage. Yeah, good, because that's the only thing that's keeping this thing alive for me at this point. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to evaluate what takes more effort: animating like thirty seconds of material or writing and recording a song to go over the montage. It's it's gotta be the montage song. <laughs> the animation they just they pull from a. All right. No, but here's here's the question that really comes up is which one comes first, the montage, the montage. and then the like do they write the song first and then they build the episode around it or is it using whatever they have from the episode? It's the first one. It's got to be the first one. <laughs> montage. They first, do the montage like, and just, they write the episode around it. I'm, I've is, been telling this you this is... from the beginning. This whole show <laughs> is just a cover for them just to write music. That's it. <laughs> yep, I I believe it. With every passing episode, I'm believing it more and more. That's like the guy who created the show really wanted to be a rock star. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he became an animator and still wanted to, you know, shoehorn his music into something. So, yeah. Guys, I have all these really good lyrics about sharks and <laughs> shark related activities. Yeah. The penultimate uh, shark related song is Baby Shark, but let's not get into that. Wow. So, Let's just go ahead and jump over to our box office rundown. As you know, the entire country is still locked down, so no movies. Um, If anything, there has been some movies of note that have been released abroad. For example, uh, I believe, Ben, you watched Train to Busan, right? I did, yeah. Wait. Oh, Peninsula came out, right? Correct. Peninsula did get released uh, worldwide. It will be coming to theater. It says it's supposed to be coming to theaters August 21st. But they believe that's probably still going to be in jeopardy. But they did sign an exclusive deal to stream on the AMC uh, platform Shudder, I believe. Shudder. Is that what it is? I like for spooky movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's only spooky movies. Yeah. So David's not going to get that. So I don't need to because you guys will have it. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So I'm hoping that um, maybe they'll release it there. On the 21st, if they don't have any chance to be able to release it here, because apparently it's pretty good. It made some pretty decent money uh, worldwide, even though most places are still technically kind of on shutdown a little bit. Not as much as us here, but but I was excited about that one. I want to say that I hated Trade to Busan. You hated really? it? Really? Why, why did you I, not like it? Uh, I don't know. It was just like, it was really cartoonishly, like, uh, well, yeah, it was very cartoonish. I would say. But I feel like the same. Wait a minute. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. so funny story about this. I was watching it in theaters, right? And wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. Before you you tell the story, yeah. are we gonna are we gonna do? That's what I call Cinco Zombies. Because if that's the case, I'm gonna pick Train to Busan. Well, I mean, whoever... are you sure you want to pick Shaun of the Dead? You fucking dingus. <laughs> <laughs> I'll choose it. I'll choose it. See, he'll pick it again, and then Zombieland, and then World War Z, and then there's also I Am Legend. Dude, there's a plunt, a lot of zombie movies. No, there isn't. There's only Shaun of the Dead, and we already did it. <laughs> they created the genre. Speaking of Shaun of the Dead, uh, Simon Pegg just released a video uh, on a, on YouTube where he he talks about his entire career. Ooh, that'd be interesting. And from beginning from like Shaun of the Dead all the way to like uh, to Mission Impossible. So I definitely would have you guys check that out. It's really interesting. Uh, but him, he's actually like reviewing how he does throughout his entire career, how he got to one and to the other. So that was Ooh, pretty interesting. But um, you know what, Ben? Yeah, go ahead. Tell your story. You were watching Train to Busan. I was watching Train to Busan. And have you guys watched Train to Busan? I have. Yes. Yes. And David, wait, what did you say? Sorry. I said yes. Okay. So, uh, okay. So this is a small spoiler for the movie. So if you don't want to know anything about it, 
pop off. Then you can hang out with us on That's What I Call Cinco's Volume 4, Zombies. Are we we're really doing zombies for part four? I don't know. I was just messing around. Go ahead. So I was watching it at the, um, the, the UTC theater in Irvine. You know, it's that movie theater right across the street. The crappy one. Yeah, the crappy <laughs> one. So there's like me, uh, Letty, my friend, and there were probably two other people in the theater. And guess what? They were Korean. They were like straight up Korean Korean. So um, we're watching the movie and it got to the scene where the dad, you know, gets infected. Wait, wait real quick. Are, are the Korean Koreans like the stereotype for black people where they're yelling at the screen and stuff? No, like they no, do no. In Korean? Wait, well, was I it because they brought you Korean fried chicken and they didn't offer you any? Oh, I'd be, I'd be miffed about that too. That would be Korean, Korean. And then they were drinking soju and, and potato didn't offer you any. Um, so we were watching the film and it got to the point where the dad got infected and they're on that train or that second train. And he decides to make the ultimate sacrifice and throw himself off the train. Right. And drag the zombie with him. Yes. No, he didn't. He didn't drag the zombie with him. He, I think he just literally fell off, or he just threw himself off the train, or didn't fall. Mm. He didn't throw something off. like that. He sacrificed himself. Continue. Yeah. He fell fell off the train, and they did it in slow motion. It was very, very dramatic, and for some reason, I thought it was the dumbest thing. It was so. Fucking <laughs> it was pretty up. silly. <laughs> it was pretty pretty fucking dumb, and so I started fucking laughing. Right. I was like audibly laughing and Letty punches me. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what does this have to do with the Korean Korean? Okay. He's getting to it. Let him finish. So after the movie, you know, I I was, we're getting out of the theater and I'm still laughing and Letty punches me again. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, and my friend even punches me. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Why are you guys punching me? (laughs) We get to the car and we're driving back. It's like, dude, that was pretty insensitive. I'm like, what do you mean? That was insensitive. What did I do? Like that, that was so fucking stupid. And she punched me again. And I'm like, what? 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 <laughs> what did I do? And she, she's like, dude, like, like maybe you think, like, or like, I can't believe you're like laughing at how they were crying. I'm like, who's crying? <laughs> <laughs> the Korean girls behind us were like bawling at that scene. I didn't notice. <laughs> like they were bawling at him, like just sacrificing him and killing himself. And I was like, holy shit, this fucking sucks. This is this is absolutely dog shit. And I, 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 who, you know, if the Korean girls ever listen to this podcast, I'm sorry. I wasn't laughing at you. I was laughing at how terrible I thought the movie was. You were laughing at how the ending was. It was over dramatic. It was over. They, it was a gratuitous amount of uses of, of, of uh, slow motion and all that stuff. And the bad guy in the movie was just so over the top evil that it wasn't even like, holy shit, no, the real person. He didn't have the handlebar mustache. <laughs> he might, well, Koreans can't grow a handlebar mustache, so. <laughs> That's why he's not the ultimate bad guy. <laughs> Dude, there was a scene where they were he was running away from the zombies, right? And he had a good like 30 second lead on him. And what he does is he goes all the fuck the way, 500 feet to the left. And there's these people hiding. He grabs them, runs back into the path of the zombies, pushes them on the ground and That's keeps running. True. It was, real bad. it was real bad all right like there's so many gripes about this movie i have like it, it it's it's crazy so but i am interested to see peninsula maybe it's a little better i don't know i wasn't a big fan of the first film along with its weird nintendo wii and nintendo ds product placement <laughs> this movie came out like five years after those have like ended their you know uh service of life life cycle <laughs> They don't. They don't uh, get that stuff in Korea until later. Yeah, they just got it. But they're. Brand new, but, what are you talking about? But it's right down the street from them. Is is Japan? <laughs> they, they might get all the cell phones like the day they come out, but everything else. <laughs> Everybody in Korea is technically a product tester for Samsung phones. Yeah. yeah when it comes so. to anything else that's outside of Korea, I think we've so. made this joke before. <laughs> I don't know, but but if we have, it's fine because that's right. nothing wrong. The only good part of that movie was that that thick Korean guy, you know, who's beating the shit. Yes, yeah, yeah, he's the best. Good. He's in a lot of uh, big Korean movies, and he's really good in all of them. And now he's in a big American film too, coming soon: The Eternals for MCU. Oh, sweet! Mm-hmm. I know yep. that's the only part I was excited about. So good job, you. Uh, I don't know what your name is, but. Damn, I'm I'm pretty excited. <laughs> Thick Korean dude. Thick Korean man. 
thick. I like them extra thick. <laughs> <laughs> extra, extra sundabu. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, what? Extra tofu? Extra tofu soup. <laughs> All right, that sounds like a pretty good transition. Let's jump over to our movie of the week this week. It is Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Arnold Schwarzenegger is back, and this time he means business as he comes back to defend John Connor this time instead of trying to kill his mom. Uh, like he did in the first one. This time he's the good guy. And but then, <laughs> shut up. So you're doing so good. But you continue. keep laughing. We're laughing. I'm laughing because Ben's laughing. <laughs> but then they send back the liquid version of. <laughs> Mercury bad in, in the liquid terminator. And and then to they gotta go face to face in Terminator 2 Judgment Day. <laughs> face off in Judgment Day. Alright, if uh, you can if you can't tell from this or you don't know what Terminator two is go go see it please if you haven't at least seen the first two if you've seen haven't seen the first two but you've seen all the other ones like fucking go jump off a bridge or something <laughs> like, How would anyone do that i don't know <laughs> i like the worst things of stuff no their parents watched the first two and then they're like oh you've never seen terminator and then the first one they saw was rise of the machine oof I mean, that's rough, but I mean, those parents also probably aren't doing their kids any favors by not showing them, hey, this is the origin of the, the two. So that way, what, like in between all the belt beatings, they had time. To- <laughs> <laughs> no, they're like, you know what? You only got belt beat twice this week. So as a treat, we're going to take you to the movies. It's going to be Terminator 3. I don't want to hear any complaining. You see Terminator Genesis. <laughs> oh. Hey, hey, if you make another noise, we're watching Terminator Dark Fate. Don't make me <laughs> this car. Okay, out of out of the the second like set, Dark Fate was not the worst one. No, Genesis was by far the worst one. Yes, Genesis was definitely the worst. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best Terminator. Everyone agrees. <laughs> it's it's smartest Terminator. Yeah, since Stude gave us that uh, resounding, excellent synopsis, killed it, uh, murdered it, he terminated. Termin. Oh. So, uh, Ben, thoughts on this movie? Uh, so I actually didn't watch this growing up. I this was definitely. All right, we're muting that. him. Okay, there it is. There it is. I, I one out of ten. One out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess. He was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Was also a bad guy. I don't know. Okay, so I actually asked my dad about like uh, Terminator and everything, and he had just never seen it before, so he never bothered showing it to me. So I just never had any interest in watching it until college. So that's mm. the first time I watched it, and my roommate showed it to me. And mm. I got to say, okay, so James Cameron, never seen any of his movies, and this was actually the first movie I saw from him. Not even Titanic. I never even seen Titanic before that. Like, li- this is literally the first movie I've seen from him. And afterwards you know i just had like this urge to watch everything james cameron related and i was shocked to learn that he only had like four movies out (laughs) what year was this this was 2010 wasn't avatar out at that yeah and yeah didn't didn't that spawn like james cameron rage where everybody was just like oh we have to watch another james cameron movie yeah all four of them jesus Like, like, okay, so this was James Cameron's second gigantic sci-fi action film, right? Like, what he started with, I would say, like, Aliens and continued with Judgment Day, I think both of those films kind of had a similar effect behind them, right? They, they took a well-established and received film and capitalized on them and turned them into this massive action spectacle. I mean, you, you think about, like, Okay, Alien. Ridley Scott directed that. And then what did fucking James Cameron do? He's just like, he just took a look at it. He's like, hmm, hmm. You know what this needs? More pulse rifles. Yeah, this needs like a billion more guns 
and we need explosions up the ass. You know, there's a funny story about how he actually pitched this film. Apparently, he went into the producer's room, and all he did was get on a whiteboard, and he wrote Alien, right? And then he wrote Alien. <laughs> no, 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 no. Here's the best part. He wrote Aliens, and then he just drew the S with dollar signs. <laughs> And apparently this is a completely true story. And it completely sold them on that. And I'd be sold. I know. But here's the thing. It's a completely risky thing, right? Like Alien was real, well received. Terminator was well received. And I think to do something that bold, it would it, it worked out amazingly. <laughs> like think about if you like fell flat on your face doing that. Where it's like, hey, let's take these like, you know, this this horror movie essentially and turn it into a big blockbuster action film. Like you wouldn't see the end of it. And he did both, <laughs> like st- stupidly well. Both yeah. of these films have become- come out of the park. Serious? No, not even Mark- locked out of the park. Mark out of the fucking galaxy, out of the universe. Jesus. Won Academy Awards for him too. Yeah. Both of these films have become landmarks in the landscape of action movies. I mean, what they accomplished is still talked about today. But this, okay, like, like. Man, Ben's got a lot to say about this one. <laughs> no, he's, he's- He's rock hard right now. I am. <laughs> I, I am continuously just soiling myself about how good this is. It's. I am as stiff as Arnold's biceps right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, so the one thing I will say about this is, and this is like still high praise, the effects still hold up quite well today. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not the worst thing, but like, it, it's still really good. It's still I really would say good. I've seen movies recently made recently that were done way worse <laughs> exactly like you could watch this film and it's still passable that's the thing but this movie on top of that on top of the like the still passable effects like there's just so many badass sequences like every five minutes you can think of something that's just like oh fuck you know something that makes you jump up from your seat and you're just like fuck yeah you know like just so many badass sequences, so many moments, lines, characters—you name it—that haven't aged a fucking second. It's like James Cameron's hallmark, you know. Like every film he does, it's always something like that. So many memorable films yep. that are talked about for years, that are both appreciated, like on a technical level, and by a broad range of audience groups. Like it's, it's like not only that, but on top of that, they make a fucking shitload of money. Like, it is ridiculous how much money this man can make by just slapping his name into the director's seat. This man has only directed an amount of films that you can pretty much count on, like, one hand and is easily, like, the most influential directors of all time. Judgment is, like, the pinnacle of that. Or, well, arguably the pinnacle of that, you know, depending if you're you're an Aliens guy or a Judgment Day guy. Easily. a Titanic person. No one's a Titanic person. Come on. (laughs) Okay, there are Titanic people, but, you know, they're not here, right? They're not fucking That's here. true. They're in the bottom of the Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that does it for me, guys. I'm out of here. <laughs> that joke is not too soon. It's been way too long. It's fine. <laughs> Drawing the line, it's fine now. <laughs> Um, all right, Ben, with all that being said, oh, what God, is your rating for this? I know. Oh, four out of ten. Screw, <laughs> just let him say Sorry. it, though. I just... Okay, you're right. One out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> ten out of ten. Holy fuck, this is easy. Easy ten out of ten. Easy. Easy. Yeah. GG. Okay, what about you, Stu? Thoughts? I mean, I don't know if there's anything left to say after right. Ben literally told us the yeah. entire history of James yeah. Cameron. It definitely listening to uh, Ben talk, even if my rating wasn't already a ten out of ten, <laughs> it would have elevated it to a ten out of ten. But uh, but yeah, this movie I, I picked. This is my pick. And um, see, David, this is how you pick action movies. Yeah, uh, yeah dude. Yeah. <laughs> even though I really like your other film, but you know, yeah, yeah. fuck you, yeah. Dave. <laughs> Except you could have saved that for volume zombies uh but whatever plenty of volumes trust me there's <laughs> um but okay so definitely this is definitely one of my favorite action movies and like ben was saying all of the effects not only the effects but uh i'm always weary of early like pre-2000s or like 80s to 90s movie action movies where um like the gunplay isn't really reflected in a realistic manner but this is probably the first movie I ever saw where that was the case, where uh, in any, and not just like 
realistically portrayed all the guns, but like even added some flair to it with uh, Arnold Schwartz or the Terminator's uh, shotgun uh, spinny trick uh, to reload it. Oh, that's which so was good. one of the most badass things of the, in the movie. Um, and so yeah that just like <laughs> I'm still rock solid ben, ben, okay. Okay. Ben's gonna Ben's gonna be a moment uh, but um, with all the great action sequences aside what I've realized this time around watching it where it's not it wasn't just action it had a lot of kind of like good um, kind of I guess emotional or thoughtful moments in the movie uh, between like, say when Sarah Connor's watching John Connor and the Terminator, like get along. And she's like, Holy shit. This is like the first time he's had like an actual father figure uh, in his life. That like, you know, actually like, even though he's a machine, he's kind of like programmed to do that. But like, he's basically taking on the role of a father figure um, for him. And so there's, there's all the, like, these little bits in the movie about like that. So it wasn't just a great action movie. It's just a great movie in general, like, yeah. I think. Um, whether, you know, uh, and yeah, the gunplay, I, I loved it all. Like, everyone's has to reload. They're running out of ammo all the time. Um, so that was, that was, I really liked that. They have to, there's one part, part where the T-1000 has to stop and collect more ammo. So it's like, nobody has infinite ammo in this movie. Mm-hmm. Which is which is you know, kind of like of the time. That's probably like one of the only movies that ever did that because every every other movie is like everyone's got infinite ammo. Yeah, because for them, action is just literally stuff has to keep happening. Right. There's like no tension when it right. about you know having to conserve yeah. ammunition or being able to yeah. find. And they even thing. they even do it not just in like to like appease someone like me, but like they do it in like a really. They even have a scene where they, it's like a important at the end where Sarah Connor is trying to, she's about to vanquish the T-1000 with the shotgun that she just reloaded. But at the last shot, she's, she runs dry. So, Oh, that was, so, that was just like, Oof! So, Oof. Um, but yeah. And then she keeps trying to think maybe if she cocks it one more time. Yeah, it's like, exactly. Um, so yeah, there's just everything about it's great. I'm just trying to touch on stuff that Ben hasn't touched on. So, um, yeah, so that way there's nothing left for me yeah. to be able to talk about. Yeah, yeah fuck uh, you, David. And just like I'm, I'm a sucker for like aesthetics in movies, and this one definitely had a lot of aesthetics I liked. Um, like I mentioned before, like when Sarah Connor's out and the, they're down there in the wherever they are near the border, um, and there's just like hot and dry and dusty and like. But and they're trying to like you know gather all their stuff to get ready to cross the border. That's just like, man, I wish I could be like sitting in in that broken down helicopter watching this. Um, but yeah, so yeah, ten out of ten. I'm trying to think of other stuff to talk about that was great about this movie. But honestly, I uh, I can't really. Dude, I mean, everything was great. So yeah, it's one of those movies that like you have to have everything all. To, it's a holistic thing as well as like individual it's extremely quotable it has really memorable moments it has those where it's easy for you to be able to like share it with another audience member and just go oh dude you remember that one time where you pulled out the you know that and then mm-hmm. you know uh remember that first introduction and i really like the fact that they tied in a lot of stuff that was said in the first one and the second one like right. there's that there's that eternal link that it's like you can watch them separately but if you watch them as a as a as a set and you watch them one after the other, you get so much more out of that that out of both viewings. Yeah. So for me, also easy ten out of ten. I mean, this was one of the first action movies I ever got to see. Um, you know, my my dad was a pretty big Arnold fan, so anything that he came out in, so I got to see Conan, I got to see this, I got to see the original Terminator and Wow. Like, I don't, I think the version I watched was remastered, but literally everything stands up, um, like Ben was saying. And so, I, like, literally, I don't really have very much left to say about it, except for it is the action, it's the action movie fans' action movie. Um, and I think Ben kind of said it right, right? Like, literally, James Cameron puts his name on it, and then all you have to do is add a dash of Arnold, and you have True Lies. <laughs> and that's also a really great movie, too. So, um in general i think iconic action movie stars from the 90s 
it's Arnold, it's uh, Sylvester Stallone, it's Bruce Willis. I mean, those guys are just literally tied together because they they pretty much launched a genre pretty much on their own. Not to say that there weren't action movies beforehand, but this is where the word action hero comes from, and that was it. So um, I'll just go ahead and I'll, I'll ask the questions I wanted to ask and while Stu's probably still thinking about what he was going to say. Ben, favorite quote and favorite moment. We'll start with quote. I mean, quote, it has it has to be, you know, hasta la vista, baby, or, you know. Nope, that's the only one you get. <laughs> your cl- okay, fine, your clothes, give them to me. Damn it. Um, <laughs> Shit, those were only two lines. Those were his only two lines. <laughs> How about you, Stu? Favorite quote? Ah, oh, shit. Um, well, can't see us. Can't say hasta la vista, baby. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to go through in my head. What else? Oh, oh, oh obviously. Okay, this is obvious now that I, it hit me. Come with me if you want to live. Oh, so good. I I do like that callback. Yeah. Oh, such a good callback. Um, for me. My favorite has it's when he says, "I'm a cybernetic organism, living tissue of a metal endoskeleton." That's the like for some reason that one stuck with me. Most of the reason is the Mad TV spoof about Terminator going back in time to save Jesus. <laughs> and he's like, "What are you?" And he goes, and then he repeats the same thing. Obviously, it's a horrible um, right. Arnold impersonator because that guy is literally like maybe a buck sixty. He's not <laughs> a thick boy, but like that is just. Oh man, so, such a good line, just in in general, and he delivers it so well. It kind of also reminds me of uh, uh, McVeigh in yeah. The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> up and at them, no, up and at them. <laughs> oh, so good. So, and literally, it's like at at that point, like yes, that is technically probably like a joke amongst all the others trying to do a. Uh, an impersonation of Arnold, but at the same time, like so, so good, right? Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure it probably took them a thousand tries to get him to be able to say that that line perfectly, so that way it was actually intelligible. But, all right, um, I let Ben pick quote first. I will let Stu pick favorite moment. Oh boy, uh, I think my favorite moment was when you can also pick two. Uh, oh, so I can be like, so I can oh, dunk, oh, oh, I can correct. steal one of Ben's moments, like yes. he stole one of the lines. All right, here's the here's the two moments then. Um, when the T1000 is walking through the the uh, uh, liquid nitrogen and oh. freezes, and then Arnold with his last round uh, shatters him, uh, shoots him, and he shatters him. That part, or um, the part where he's like, shortly after, where after he's gotten like the shit kicked out of him and his arm torn mm-hmm. off, and. Uh, he uh, he comes up over that whatever that thing was he was on with the grenade launcher. Damn it! And this is my moment. <laughs> <laughs> and he shoots and he shoots him with his last grenade. See, that's the thing I love about this movie. It's, it was his last grenade. Like it's the whole time. Like is very they're very cognizant of how many grenades he had on his belt and then what he was doing with them. So yep. And he was taking them each out one at a time. Yeah. And he loads one and he's holding yeah. on to it because he knows he needs to find the perfect time to use it. Right. And so yeah, he he gets him with the. Uh, that grenade launcher, man, I want a grenade launcher like that. But uh, yeah, thump, thump. Um, oh, so satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and it and it literally happens right after Sarah Connor has no hope left. Does no no more ammunition. She pumps a shotgun. She's injured. She's wounded. She's shooting him towards the the entire like uh, crucible full mm. of liquid metal, so that way they can she can end him and then. He stands right back up because she's got nothing else to push him over. I was like wondering, I was like, if it was me, I would have thrown the, the, <laughs> thrown the shotgun. shotgun at least, yeah, just hopefully maybe I would have toppled them over maybe. But I, I'm surprised that, but you know, that's just nitpicking. Still 10 out of 10, don't worry. Okay, what about you, Ben? Favorite moment? Do I get two? No. Fuck. <laughs> you got two lines. Yeah. Uh, uh, you stole the line that he wanted to say. <laughs> you know, this, this feels like I'm in one of those like game shows where it's like you're sitting in that chamber and there's like a, like a hundred like a billion dollars like floating around and you have to grab some. You know, there's just so many good ones. It's just hard to grab one. You know, just pick uh, the first one that comes to mind when I said favorite okay, moment. Okay, well, if I had to choose a single scene, like it have to be the truck scene. 
Like, I, I know it's at, like, the beginning of the movie, and that's, you know, it, before everything really ramps up, right? But I would still pick that scene just because it's kind of like the like, introduction what? to the movie. Not Or, well, I know that, you know, Arnold was already introduced at that scene, but... This is the, this is the action of the movie. This is yeah, the action yeah, or, you can strap in for. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is what you can expect for the rest of the movie. This is, like, the hook, really. It's a scene that's just so uh, kinetic, I guess, if I had to choose a word. Um, so I I watch all the Terminator films before this, you know, in preparation for this. You know, Terminator 1, Terminator 2, you know, Rise of the Machines. Oh, God, uh, why did fuck, you do that? <laughs> uh, fucking Salvation, Genesis, you know, Dark Fate, uh, the why? Terminator 2 ride. I went to Universal Studios. <laughs> uh, you had to do battle with the T1 million? T1 million. I, I saw Carl <laughs> all the sound effects for it. Uh, and I got to say, this scene still, like, actually every scene from Terminator 2 tops them all. But this one stands at the top for me just because of what was going into it. And, you know, this kind of builds off of what Stu was saying, like, with the bullets, right? So a lot of the tension came from, like, how many bullets they have. And I feel like a lot of filmmakers don't really account for how many bullets are left just because they don't really know how to deal with that. Like when people run out of bullets, oh, what do I do? There's like this pause, this lull. I have to keep the action going. I have to keep this momentum going. And, you know, but there are some filmmakers that do know what to do with it. You know, they are able to ride that out and create tension from that. And that's what I really like about this scene. They don't have, or they do have some gunplay in it towards the end, but the the terrifying part about it was about the momentum of the T-1000. Like, this is the part of the movie where you realize there's no fucking stopping this thing. He is running after John Connor, right? And then he gets on the bike and he's just like, okay, you know, John Connor's safe. And then the T-1000 just keeps fucking running, hijacks <laughs> that giant-ass tow truck and chases him down. And it's just like, oh, fuck, you know? Like, you know, you're still on the edge of your seat. John Connor goes into the, the, the washout, right? And it's just like, okay. And he slows down and he's just looking back and he's like, okay, you know, that that's it, you know? Like, it's very believable. It's like, this is the end of the sequence. And then the fucking, <laughs> like, plows off of the fucking overpass into the ravine. And ah, this is one of the, this is what, what I'm talking about, about one of these, like, one of the many badass parts. I don't know what it is about it, but the way that the truck fucking drives off that overpass into the washout, it's just so fucking badass and satisfying. <laughs> You know, it, the the damage it takes and the like that clunk it makes, you know, the, ex, the impact it makes, the damage mm-hmm. it has at the end of it. It's just like, oh, my fucking God. It just keeps going. Holy and fuck. Then, and then he goes under the next overpass and takes the I, top off. Yeah, <laughs> and then geez, he, and and then he leans going. right back up. Yep. Yeah, you can't stop the T-1000. And that's the whole thesis for this whole fucking movie. You can't fucking stop him. It's crazy. I love it. Yeah, because I that that scene definitely shows that the T one thousand already made the just that already made the decision. I'm gonna go over this thing, <laughs> yeah. and I'm not gonna stop. So I actually put my foot on the gas. It wasn't like he happened to go. Uh, maybe this would work. Maybe this wouldn't. Because if you don't commit to it, he's gonna pretty much like lawn dart right into the into the concrete. Yeah. So right. he has to go full force going over it, and then he's just like. Yep, that's gonna work. And I was like, "Oh, that's not the, that's not the way this works." And he lands, and he keeps going. Oh man! One little was- uh, one little bit of trivia. I don't, probably a lot of people know this part about it, but um, during that scene, when that because that's when Arnold's doing his the super sweet uh, shotgun, oh, yeah, 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 twirly reload. Um, he actually Arnold actually carried that prop around with him, like practice. to practice that um, that movement. Oh. I don't think that shit's real easy to do. Like it doesn't look easy. But fuck, especially he makes while it look riding so cool. a bike. <laughs> yeah, he makes that shit look so. That was like one of the most iconic, like, like uh, things from that. As far as like gunplay goes, it's just the the twirly shotgun. Wow. Uh, I I have nothing. My favorite moment was the entire movie. <laughs> wow. Ooh, cop out. <laughs> no, um, I think for me. My favorite moment is when Sarah Connor figures out a way to be able to get she she endures the orderly who's in her room and like licks her face and then has the paper clip in her hand and then she 
breaks out and then sneaks up behind him and then like levels I him. feel like yeah and then nails him with the back of the uh of the the broom the broomstick and then like pulls him in and then I'm like thinking back to and then she runs into the first uh that first like guard quarters and then takes the keys and then and then tosses it to the guy and the guy instinctively catches it and then she nails him with the end of the broomstick and then continues to go by and then stabs him with the the sedative i thought my, that's my favorite moment because it's just like all these things that she had to have thought up of even though she was heavily medicated and she was like running for her life and all that stuff and then at the end she scolds john connor and says you should have you shouldn't have come to get me it was too dangerous you're way too important like it's just like literally this build up for the entire thing goes Okay, you've seen the two robots go after it, but look, this is the mom that was raising this kid until she got caught. And it was freaking badass. And then that eventually you get to see in Dark Fate at the very end that Sarah Connor never changes. She is 100% still in this to the very end, knowing that she her mission is never done until it's like over, over. Right? Because the T1000, like the Skynet will figure out some way to be able to come back and then send somebody back to try to try to kill off the the next uh the next leader of the the human race so for me that was that was a really great moment and seeing that like you don't have to be a a cybernetic organism to be able to do some badassery so that that was my favorite moment if if it wasn't for the uh the fact that Stu's second moment was my favorite moment which was that that literal build-up because everything ties together it's so tense and then the music swells as and it's like it's not like it it comes out of nowhere right you can kind of see the top of the of the grenade launcher it's coming up it's like you're hoping that that's what it is because the camera actually like pans to it and then it kind of like almost zooms in slightly because it pulls that into focus and you know something's happening so it's kind of like it it oh man it's so good <laughs> but that's how you that's how you end a movie that like that where at the very end, he's like, "There's still one more chip," and then he points to uh, his. No, ah, don't the thumbs do it. up, man! The fucking so, thumbs up. That was so hard to watch. I. That's what I'm saying. Action it... movies aren't supposed to make you tear up. That was the moment. <laughs> I was like, I did not come prepared. I, I knew it was coming, but it still doesn't prepare it you. Still for hurts. It. it does. Because like he he almost become he learns to become human, right? He tells them how to take away that restriction that allows for him to learn. Right. And then he learns how to high five, learns how to, how to talk crap to people. Right. And he, he, he's like, you know, tell him to, you know, he, he teaches him stuff, teaches him to become more human. And then that human side of him realizes that he's still a threat to the future because the thing that, you know, they're trying to stop is the thing that he needed to live. So, you know that that that's just yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, any other final thoughts before we go ahead and talk about our next movie for next week? James Cameron, hurry up and release fucking Avatar two. Jesus. <laughs> I think um, yeah, him, James Cameron on this, and then Aliens. Those are like two of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, so. I was gonna ask. Okay, uh, this will be the last thing about Terminator. If you guys were to redo this today, like a proper reboot, who plays Arnold? Who plays who plays the uh, the Terminator? Mm-hmm. Who plays the kid? And who plays Sarah Connor? All right. Uh, oh, and who's the T one thousand? Those four. Okay. Uh, John Cena plays the Terminator. Okay. Uh, or or the Rock, either one. Okay. Um, the T one thousand is let's see who's uh it's Michael Sarah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna uh, say James Hader, but or Jesse Eisenberg, uh, <laughs> or the guy who plays uh, Mr. Anderson, uh, who, who um, crap, uh, Agent Agent, um, Agent Smith. Mm-hmm. I forget his name. What's his name? He's got a goofy European name, doesn't he? Yeah, whatever. Oh, that guy. Okay, so so either uh, 
Michael Sarah or Jesse Eisenberg. Okay. Who plays Sarah Connor? Uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> oh. And then who plays the the kid? I don't even know what kid actors there are out there. All right, so. fine. We'll just go with those three since those are the big three. Find what someone you, unknown. <laughs> All right. Ben, who plays Terminator? Terminator would have... Wait, the the Arnold, right? T-800. Okay, yep. T-800 would be Arnold still. <laughs> oh. Come on, come on. T-1000. Keanu. I think Keanu could pull Oof. it off. Oh. He has that, that stoic look, you know? That, oh. that face of determination. The, the look that you can't do jack shit to me, and I'm going to accomplish what I need to accomplish. Ooh, oh, that's actually a pretty good choice. So, and then what about out, for? It turns out the T1000 was John Wick all along. Oh. <laughs> it's a machine of pure conviction, <laughs> sheer fucking will. Fucking will. What about uh, Sarah Connor? Ooh, uh, Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron. Damn, that'd Ooh. be a good one. Yeah, good choices. Okay, um, I just picked Charlotte Johansson because she's hot. Charlize <laughs> I mean, Theron's also hot, so I was just like, yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah. I would pick Charlize over. Have Charlize either of you seen Old Guard? Not yet. No. I want to. I want okay. to. All right. Well, um, that'll do it for this uh, this part. So that wraps up. That's what I call Cinco's action movies. The next episode is episode fifty. <gasps> oh, Oh, shit. Yes, we are on episode 50 next. So we will be doing a live stream for episode 50. Uh, and I believe it would be very fitting for us to watch Rush Hour 1 and Rush Hour 2. Oh. And then we would... Uh, do battle in the arena of which one is better. And we will be streaming this on Twitch and we will let the Twitch decide. The Twitch? Well. All right, Grandpa. <laughs> we will let we will let our uh, our chat on the on the Twitch stream um, speak add their vote as well, right? So it's that way it's not just two on one; they will also get a choice. It'll be fifteen on it, one. It'll be a three to one. <laughs> three to one. So we'll do a poll on the Twitch stream uh, to let you guys, and then add some of your favorite moments as well. Look for that announcement. So that'll do it for us here on the Dos Nav Cinco's podcast. As always, I have been your host, David. I'm Stuart. And I'm Ben. Don't forget to check us out on all of your favorite social media platforms. We are also on SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Google Play, and Google Podcasts, as well as Apple Podcasts. Um, come hang out with us on, uh, on our Twitch stream. Tuesdays will be Ben. Wednesdays will be Stu. We're all together on Thursday. So uh, until next time, guys, stay safe out there. Wear a mask, wash your hands. Don't forget to tip your Reiki masters, and we'll check you guys on the next one. Thanks so much. Okay, bye. bye.